0: What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to the F6 Podcast. This is Alex. I'm so glad to be joining with uh, joined here with my co-host tonight, Cam. Cam, how are we doing tonight?
1: We're doing great, man. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, not only are we going deep down into a team, but we have a special guest today.
0: Absolutely. Yes, we do. And we are excited. You know, we've been talking for a couple weeks now about bringing on guests. Um, Cam and I have done a, a, this is our fifth show now. So we've done four shows. Um, really excited now that tonight we are officially bringing our first guest on the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to jump right into bringing in our special guest. So uh, it is our Jets fan extraordinaire. Uh, he has a tattoo of Joe Namath right on his buttocks. So I've heard. None other than Brian Winberry. Welcome, Brian, to the show. How are we doing?
2: Doing well, Alex. Thank you for that lovely intro. Um, I cannot confirm nor deny the tattoo on my buttocks of Joe Namath. It actually (laughs) was a cover-up of uh, Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and all the fallen Jets quarterbacks collaborative but yes, yeah, so, perfect. Uh, thank you for well, you know yeah,
0: that would that would be a perfect place for mark sanchez with the butt fumble <laughs> i mean that would be no other better place to put it but we are so excited so brian true. thank you for joining us we're really excited to jump into our first fan fan show uh going over the new york jets who of course have had all the buzz in the world uh and and you know it's really exciting we're going to jump into this and go through everything we're excited to have your take as a fan um as a close follower of the team excited to hear your angle So I guess to kick us off, uh, Cam, do you want to give us an overview of uh, what the projections are looking like for the Jets this season?
1: Yeah, man. So last season, the Jets finished last in the division, and it's really not looking that way this year. There's a lot of optimism. Uh, Their Vegas win total right now is 9.5, and their odds on division are plus 250. I'll get into more of their offseason changes later. But you know, they they recently added Dobbin Cook. And notably that did not change their odds on division or win total at all. Uh not even a little bit. So that was a little surprising there. And then they their strength of schedule is 26th this year. So they have a very difficult schedule. And I know some of the, their early schedule specifically is is very tough. So we'll learn we'll learn real quick uh whether they're legit or not. But Brian, I want to I want to bring it over to you and hear your thoughts on just the Jets overall uh, this year. What do you think?
2: Sure, man. So um, you know, obviously, I've been I've been just having a whole lot of pain and suffering here. So we have a little bit of uh, hope and optimism, you know, brought to us by a, a nice little Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. It's it's cool to see, um, you know, the Jets finally get like some national recognition you know I don't think they've had like a nationally televised game in like ages like I, I think that the last one I actually remember was like the butt fumble game um <laughs> but you know so it's it's cool to have like some excitement and some buzz you know they finally got a hard knocks for the first time since so like 2010 I think with Rex Ryan and everything like That not that hard knocks is like a big deal but you know it's, it's just cool to kind of see uh behind the scenes of the team vibes and everything like that but yeah Cam to your point um regardless of all the moves and stuff that I'm sure we'll get into uh, yeah that schedule you know especially the early schedule before their buy I think they have a buy uh, fairly early on it's, it's pretty rough so I think we will see you know very quickly what they're made of
0: yeah I like that I like that Brian I think that's a good that's a good point you know we and we will go over the schedule in more a little bit more depth here later on in the show as well but um real quick what was that over under again Cam on total wins 9.5 So I guess now is the time where we got to pick over or under. Um, Well, I will say here, I'll go first since I'm talking. And everybody that listened to Cam and I's AFC show, if you'll recall... Um, I, I picked the jets as division winners and my thought process there was, you know, every year there's usually at least one, maybe more teams that go worse to first. And, um, I I think I talked a little bit about, I wasn't crazy about the way Buffalo ended the season. And I don't think that they really improved in the trenches. Uh, at least the, that, you know, at least like I, you know, would expect to see after that beatdown they got from the Bengals. Um, and then you go to, you know, I know cam you picked the dolphins, so I'll, I'll let you kind of go over your thoughts on them. Um, uh, but I and I don't believe in the uh, Patriots. You know, I think their defense should be pretty good. But I just I'm I'm still still I don't I don't really believe in the Patriots offensively. So with that, the Jets are my pick to go from worst to first. I think it's going to take probably 11, maybe 12 wins to get it done. Um, so, you know, I got I, I got to ride or die since that was my pick for the division. So I'm going to take the over. Um, what do you got, Cam?
1: Well, I am also taking the over, but just barely. I have them with 10 wins right now. Uh, and it's, you know, a, a lot of people I know, anyway, have been betting, you know, slamming the over. But uh, just to, to get into their first six weeks, they uh, face the Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Eagles. So three of those are out of division and some of the hardest matchups that you could, you could possibly find around the NFL. So I think if they go around, you know, three and three in the division, seven and four out of the division kind of reasonable since uh from my stance where I think Miami's going to end up taking it. So I, I have them ending with 10 and seven, which still, still hits the over. How about you, Brian? I think I know which direction you're going to go.
2: You know, I, I actually, I, I'm right there with you. What, what you said is pretty much spot on with my assessment. I think I'm going to take the over, but just barely, I think 10 wins is probably a good number just because of how difficult that early schedule is. Um, You've got, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. The, the offensive line is a little bit of a question mark right now. So I've heard from uh, training camp and just in the preseason. So, you know, all it takes is just one guy coming through and tweaking an ankle or hurting his hand again. I mean, that's, you know, but it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, I think I think 10 wins is probably pretty solid. Um, there's probably not going to be enough to win the division. I'm going to I'm going to take the Dolphins to, to win the division as well. Wow. Um, especially boy. if they make a trade for Jonathan Taylor. Um, which I've heard rumors of, so I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I, I know they're interested. Um, but I think the Dolphins, as long as uh, Tua stays healthy, um, they're I think they're going to take the division. But I think the Jets will, will sneak in in a wild card though in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, now that they've added that additional team, uh, what was it that three ish years ago to the playoffs? I think the Jets yep. do have a real shot, even though the Bills are going to be fighting them, and so will Miami. So we we will see. I, and with that, let's get into their off season. Alex, you want to start us off with with some
0: uh, an overview? Absolutely. And and before we desist, before we get into that, I gotta say, Brian. I mean, you're our first fan to come on our show, and you didn't even pick your own team to win the division. So I don't know, <laughs> I know all the rest. I, know. I like, hate to, but, but overall, I, I like. like say, it. I, I, I hate
2: to. I hate to go that route, you know. But you know, it's just it's just years of just. Doom and gloom and getting your hopes up and you know, drafting these guys, like, oh man, Sam Darnold's gonna rescue us, right? Like I'm really happy I did not oh, get man. Jersey.
0: So I think that we, have well, talked about that. So. I, I, think, I think what this shows us is that Cam and I, we bring on quality guests that are unbiased. So listen, everybody, we bring on unbiased guests. All right. So let's jump into the, I'm going to give an overview of the free agents uh, added and losses. There's actually a lot for the jets. So they have maybe, maybe won the off season. Um Obviously the, uh, the first and most uh, foremost, we have Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to spend too much time on that, but Mr. Aaron Rodgers comes over from the Packers. Uh, another recent signing, we have Dalvin Cook coming over from the Vikings. Um, he was out there in free agency for a little while. Uh, the Jets scooped in and got him. Um, another uh, another safety coming from uh, another player from the Packers. Adrian Amos comes over at safety from the Packers. Um, then we have a couple uh, defense, some more defensive players: Chuck Clark from the Ravens, Quentin Jefferson from the Seahawks, Al Woods from the Seahawks. Uh, another uh, an interior offensive lineman Wes Schweitzer if I said that right yep, uh, from, from the, Washington yep from the commanders yep we got Alan Lazard also coming from the Packers Randall Cobb from the Packers so you can see Aaron Rodgers brought some of his buddies uh, we got another offensive lineman Billy Turner coming from the Broncos um, a linebacker Sam Ugowan Vaughn I don't think I said that right. Coming over from the Dolphins. Uh, and then lastly, a couple other quick guys. We have Nicole Hardman coming from my beloved Chiefs um, over to the Jets. And I think those are the notable additions. Uh, for departures, uh, probably the some of the higher, at least the higher dollar amount um, departures. Uh, George Fant, uh, Fant, the left tackle left for the Texans. Braxton Berrios left for the Dolphins. Sheldon Rankins, interior defensive lineman, left also for the Texans. And then um, after that, I think the other notable one was Mike White, quarterback, uh, also leaving and going to the Dolphins. So as an overview, uh, a lot of Packers came to join the Jets and a lot of Jets left to join the Dolphins. Uh, So that's my overview of free agency. Uh, Cam, what stands out to you about additions or departures?
1: Yeah, well, just to add to that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was acquired via trade. Uh, two other trades that happened, uh, they acquired Chuck Clark for, I believe it was the seventh. And then they traded away Elijah Moore, wide receiver, to the Browns. Um, so, yeah, overall, I, Aaron Rodgers aside, I don't think they ended up losing too many key impact players. And I think they brought in some playmakers that Aaron Rodgers trusts. You know, as you said, his old buddies in, in Lazard and Cobb. So I think that he'll have some familiarity uh, upon arriving in New York, right? It's already, uh, you know, it, we'll see how he settles in. He has a tough couple of games to start the season. But I think overall, there's a lot of optimism going around this offseason. Uh, and just to add to a, a quick overview for the offseason, they made a couple of coaching changes. Right, they uh, they replaced Michael Flor, offensive coordinator, with Nathaniel Hackett, and they also replaced a lot of uh, the I almost said lesser. They're not lesser, less important <laughs> um, offensive pieces. And their offensive line coach, wide receivers coach, and their you know run game coordinator, passing game coordinator, uh, they're all new faces there. So they want pretty much an entirely new offense, but they kept most of the defensive. Uh, you know uh, coaching positions intact. So I thought that was an interesting decision this offseason as well. So I think overall it was it was good. Uh they went up for sure. They're in a win now mode with Rogers and they didn't lose many impact pieces. What are your thoughts, Brian? Um
2: I I you know overall I thought it was a really solid offseason. I agree with you there. Um it was very interesting on the overhaul of all the coaches. Um defense You know was very good last year so we'll probably touch on that here in a little while but um, so i like that they kept um the same core of coaches um as far as some they didn't really lose a lot honestly so they really gained more than they lost the only guy that i really think i want to key on key in on is uh, elijah moore just real briefly i mean i really think you know that trade he was disgruntled and all that you know he's really talented i really liked him coming out of uh, old miss Uh, i was really stoked that we got him and unfortunately just didn't work out uh, but I, I do think that uh, if you, if they were able to hold on to him and have him with Aaron Rodgers in the offense with, with Gary Wilson, with Alan Lazard, I, mean, I think that would be really dynamic. So it, it was a shame to see him go. I think he's going to be the number one guy that they uh, wind up missing the most. And he's very young. So I hope he, you know, doesn't blossom like the next Antonio Brown or something like that. But we'll <laughs> guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy. I really like the uh, Dalvin Cook signing um, because it costs us nothing but just a one-year deal. Um, so good insurance for uh, Brees Hall uh, in case he's a little slow coming back. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, I, I, I like it. I, I'm a little iffy on the Randall Cobb one. I, I think that was <laughs> kind of uh, to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I don't really know what he's going to contribute there, but hey, maybe he does. Maybe he'll
1: surprise me. So Everyone needs a friend. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. And <laughs> And uh, what there was a rain cloud earlier in the offseason before the Aaron Rodgers trade, right? There when the uh, free agency opened, they were pretty much at a stalemate and they didn't really make any, any big moves because they, they weren't sure if they would have the money to do so. So I was looking at their cap space and they're currently sitting with, uh, you know, 19 and a half million remaining, which is the fifth most in the NFL. And I think a lot of that really just stems from their inability to make major offseason season signings uh, early on because of the whole stalemate they had going with with aaron Rodgers.
2: yeah i think it's actually a little misleading as well as far as the cash base goes uh, i think they were actually pretty close like we had they, they had to do like a lot of joe douglas had to make a, a lot of moving around contracts and, and pushing kind of money out to um farther years basically um so that's where that money comes from some of it they did save about 10 million very recently with Corey Davis, so that's a big chunk as well. Uh, when he retired, which was uh, surprising actually, because um, so I think we we might actually miss him this uh, this year. He kind of that kind of hurt our depth a little bit, but yeah. Um, I they I was there, and you know I was watching that when they were just kind of at a standstill, and everyone just waiting on Aaron Rodgers' news, which felt like it was months. It was it was definitely several weeks that we're just mm-hmm. you know checking all the time, like where's Aaron Rodgers? Like you know he came out with the the video. Of, Interview that he did, and he was like, "I intend to play with the Jets." So we're like, "Cool, it's coming, right?" And then there was nothing. It was just crickets for for weeks. And I was like, "What the heck is going on?" While well, all of these guys are just flying off the board to these other teams that really could have probably helped, uh, but they, you know, they really keyed on Rogers. He was their guy, and they got him. So uh, I guess we'll see if it was a good or a bad thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we can't wrap up the off season without talking about the NFL draft. So I'm just going to run real quick through their draft selections, and then I'm going to pass it off to, to, to get your thoughts on on how this went for them. So uh, as part of the Aaron Rodgers trade, they traded down from pick 13 to pick 15, which seemed a little odd to some people on the outside. Uh, with pick 15, they took Will McDonald, edge from Iowa State. In the second round, they took Joe Tipman, center. Uh, they and, and then all their other picks were day three. They took Carter Warren. Offensive tackle from Pitt, uh Israel Abanaconda, running back from Pitt, and then they got uh Zaire Barnes, Jarek Bernard Converse, and Zach Koontz, second Zach tight end from ODU, uh late, you know, in, in the later stages. So I want to Alex, let, let's hear from you first. What what were your thoughts on this off season, this draft?
0: Yeah, thanks, Cam, for going over that for us. I mean, honestly, the only guy that i you know, I I don't follow the the draft as close as you do, and and I and I it's that's why I like to ask you questions, Cam, on what you think. I, I, but obviously, a guy that I did know is Will McDonald. So my you know, for those of you that maybe I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but my dad is alumni from Iowa State, so they are the you know they are a, a team I rooted for. Uh, when I lived in the Midwest, and uh, and still certainly pull for and root for those guys. And Will McDonald was a guy that I was hoping would drop far enough into the first round that he'd be available for the Chiefs. Of course, we in our last show, we went in depth about Felix Anadike Uzama, um, who, of course, the, the Chiefs got with the 32nd pick. Uh, but, you know, 31st. 31st, yeah, because the Dolphins had lost their pick, right, from tampering, if yep. I remember. Um, so yeah, so the 31st pick, but, uh, you know, Will McDonald was a guy that I thought was even a chance that the chiefs could try to move up somehow into the twenties and grab him. Um, but obviously he took that 15. So I do think he's a stud. You can't have enough explosive pass rushers on your defensive line. So I think that was a good pickup for an already really solid, uh, you know, jets defense. So, um, can't speak too much to the other guys, but, uh, I liked Will McDonald at 15. I thought it was a good pickup.
1: How about you, Brian?
2: Um, I'm with you, Alex. I mean, I, I, you know, to your point, Cam, you know, that trade there in Rodgers trade with that pick swap. that really, I I felt like that was a little unnecessary. And I was, I remember hearing about it and I was like, I really hope it doesn't shoot us in the foot. You know, some, someone that we really need, for example, offensive line, like, uh, Uh, Peter Skaransky, I'm going to mess
1: up. Peter Skaransky went went a bit earlier, but yeah, Broderick Jones went right, you know, the pick before. Broderick Jones went the
2: pick before, right? Mm So I really wanted Skaransky and, and, you know, okay, well, you know, he's gone, you know, okay, cool. So here comes our pick. And I think uh, Van Ness was the pick, uh, the original pick, but I was like, okay, cool. Broderick Jones is still there. And then, you know, of course he still went. So I was going to settle for him. Uh, We didn't get him ultimately. So I was a little disappointed there. And then you know, I did think it was a, a good value pick, though. Um, I didn't know much about him the draft. Um, I was kind of keyed on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, watching his tape and just uh, seeing his stats and reading about him um, and then seeing him play a little bit in training camp in the preseason, like he – I don't know. I, I really think that he's going to be a really solid pick. He's, he doesn't have to make a giant impact right away, which I think is very important for a first-time rookie coming right out of college. Not everybody can do that. So – we have uh, some really good depth on, on the line there um, that he can kind of just come in and make an impact when needed instead of just being asked to carry the load, which I think is, is great for him. Um, so I did. I did like that pick. Um, and I, I was really stoked with the uh, the Joe uh, Titman pick in the second yeah. round. I really was hoping we would grab a center um i think he has a mullet or he had a mullet which just <laughs> made me love him even more and i was like that's awesome we need a we need to draft it right so uh i think he struggled a little bit so he's not gonna be the starter but that's totally fine he doesn't need that right away they were able to sign uh, Connor mcgovern back really cheap which was actually like probably one of the best signings that they made just based off of cost um otherwise they would have been dead in the water at center. So. It was nice to to see that work out, but yeah, those two picks, and I really like. And I'm not. I don't. I can't even say his last name still, but the the running back that you mentioned, Abanaconda. Izzy, uh, Abanaconda. There we go. Thank you. Nice. Uh, yeah. So he he looked really electric. I was really stuck with that pick. Obviously, the running back room is a little crowded now, um, but I liked what I saw out of him in preseason. He makes some really good some runs. I think he got hurt in the last game, so I don't I don't know if he's starting on the active roster this year, but he's you know, one to watch as well. So I, I overall, I, I like the draft and I, and I generally do like Joe Douglas's drafts uh, the last couple of years. I, I just, I'll be watching him like, Oh man, I really hope they get this guy. And it, you know, in all my years that they, they picked some random dude I've never heard of, like uh Christian Hackenberg or something. And I'm like, who is this? Like, why would you do that? But you know, every, you know, he always wants to pick in the guy that I, that I want or think he's going to pick. So that I, I really like what they did there
1: yeah yeah and um i am just gonna touch on a couple of these guys real quick you know if you listen to the show i could talk for hours on pretty much any of these draft draft prospects but uh the guy i you know everyone's looking at will mcdonald because he was our first round pick and you mentioned that they at pick 13 the original pick it was lucas van ness which you know just frankly i think would have been an amazing fit for this defense that that's typically a base nickel right they have that that solid four up front and Van Ness is a monster from the edge, and he plays interior. Uh, Will McDonald uh, here just I didn't love the pick. Uh, just a little snippet of of something I wrote about him is McDonald, like Murphy, Miles Murphy, may not have a huge immediate impact. Uh, what he does have is twitch, quick hands, and excellent athleticism. If he can go to a fourth or a three-four scheme as an outside linebacker and get some coaching on how to better convert his speed to success, I think he could become a great every-down player. So he didn't get. You know, get into that scheme. And a reason, a big reason I thought that is that, you know, he came in at uh, 239 pounds at the combine, which is really light for a base end. That's pretty light for an on-ball linebacker as it is. So I think he's very talented. I think he's he's a toolbox. He's incredibly twitchy. And uh, I just, it's, I'm not sure how they're going to use him right away and you know it's it is you said they, he doesn't have to make an immediate impact which i agree with you have some good starters up there and uh you took Jermaine Johnson last year who who is a very good uh you know run defender from the end he's a he i thought that was a great selection but they have the short window with Aaron Rodgers because who knows when he's going to going to end up falling off so it it was peculiar but we'll see we'll see how it works out uh and then just to quickly touch on the other guys Joe Tippmann i love I love that pick too. You know, they, you guys needed a center. As you said, you got Connor McGovern back on a a pretty team friendly deal. But Joe Tittman, uh, you know, he's six foot six as a center. He's crazy athletic for his size. And I think that uh, with this, this team's probably going to end up running a lot more uh, outside zone concepts this season than they did last year. And Joe Tittman would be perfect for that. You might not get the start, but I think it's a good team fit as well as position. And then just lastly, uh, the other guy, the fun. Fun guy, Israel Abanikanda, uh running back, took in the fourth round. He, you know, he is an athletic freak. Uh, they drafted. Remember, they didn't have Dalvin Cook when they drafted, so I thought this was a good draft. He ran at his pro day an unofficial four two seven at forty, and he had over a forty inch verticals, forty one point five. So he's just rocked up at two two hundred seventeen pounds, and I think if they can, they can sort of mold him he's, he's gonna make an impact a year or two down the line so overall I, I give this season uh, their offseason the Jets as a whole I give them a b plus I think Aaron Rodgers, you know that acquisition in and of itself was an a plus but I didn't I thought they could have made a couple better selections in the draft um, and they didn't really get many huge impact players they brought in a couple of receivers who who will be starters but I think a B plus is a very solid and fair grade for what they've done.
0: I like that. That's uh, you know, that I, I I'm a little bit more optimistic cam, but I do like the B plus. That was what I think I had originally. I, I think I'll go with a minus, um, And I, I can't give that full a plus because there's just been so much change. It's a little bit hard. Uh, you know, especially when you have new coaches, you have new players, it can be difficult to make that mesh and mesh quickly particularly with that difficult schedule for the Jets right out of the gate. I I do think we're going to see a steady improvement in production, both offensively. I think the, the defense will be ready to roll early on, but I think the offense might take a little while to pick up some steam. But overall, between the draft, you know, kind of, you know, investing in the trenches, which is always a good approach, both defense and offensive line, and then adding in Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, you know, I mean, he's a massive upgrade over over Zach Wilson, no doubt about it. So, you know, it, it, I, I think just bringing him in, like you said, and then adding some offensive pieces, including some players, Alan Lazard, guys that, you know, by themselves maybe don't jump off the page, but I think, you know, have some symmetry with Aaron Rodgers. Um, there is some speed with Michael Hardman, um, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, some of the other receivers that are already there. So I'll go with an A minus. Uh, I liked it, I thought they improved. Um, but what about you, Brian, what are your thoughts? What do you give the Jets in the offseason?
2: Alex, I, um, I really like your optimism there. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to follow you as the Jets fan and not be as optimistic about you. I feel like you set me up to fail. You know, and <laughs> you're like, Oh, he's not a real Jets fan. I'm like what? Oh, no, there's no way. So I thank you for your kind words for my team. I know that, you know, that I've suffered for many years. So I, I do, appreciate I do know that. It, yes. You know, you, you, give me a bone there. So, but, uh, I, I'm with Cam. I, I'm going to give them a B+. Plus. Um, the only reasons, like, which I kind of touched on earlier, was the Elijah Moore trade. Um, I would have liked to see them hold on to him because as it turns out, Corey Davis retiring out of left field, um, they're kind of thin at uh, receiver depth right now. I mean, obviously, Garrett Wilson, as long as he stays healthy, I mean, he's going to be with Aaron Rodgers, probably a top five receiver in the league this year, I would imagine. Um, because he's He's an electric playmaker. I really, really like him. Um, but you've got your wide receiver, too, being bizarre, you know. And I know it's about Rodgers and who he's comfortable with. But after that, I mean, I don't really know, didn't really know much about Hardman. Um, and we didn't really see a lot of him in the preseason. Um, so I, I, I know that he's fast, and, and hopefully he can contribute a little bit. Well, that, that's uh, it, after I think. That, yeah. I mean, he's
0: fast. He doesn't do a whole lot else, but he's fast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's the, he's the one that you would probably try to beat me with in Madden. You throw a little screen pass and just like run around the edge and, you know, so, yeah. um, but after that, it kind of falls off. So you've got Randall Cobb, which uh, if he ever listened to this, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to speak ill of you, but I think, <laughs> you know, he's just kind of there, you know, which is good for like young receivers to kind of like, you know, show him the ropes and make runners comfortable. He's his friend. But, you know, I really would have liked to see that roster spot go to somebody else uh, else with a little bit more upside because, after that, I know they're still doing cuts and stuff, but there's like two um, undrafted receivers right now, with the, like like Jason Brownlee, for example, they're trying to like make the fringe last receiver spot. Um, and Cam, like you said earlier, like the windows now, like there's, you have a two year window probably with Aaron Rodgers. So you need to put as much tools around him as you possibly can. And I just, I think Lazard's probably like a fringe wide receiver too, maybe like an upper echelon three. I think without Corey Davis being there, they're they're really missing like that second guy. Um so and I don't know. I heard some really dumb rumors that they were gonna make a trade for like Devontae Adams because I think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers made a tweet or something about him. And I'm like, there's no way that's happening. Like we already trade away our first round pick, so look what could you possibly else, you know, want for Devontae Adams? But um, all right, so that's a little bit of a concern, I think,
1: for yeah, um, Garrett Wilson more Wilson. Garrett Wilson, over or under 170 targets this year.
2: Oh man, I think I saw this uh, earlier. I saw an article about that. Possibly, I don't think he gets 170 targets. I think no. he probably will get like 140. I'd yeah, say. That, that seems reasonable. you know, I think the league is on. You know, they're they know about or no? Obviously, they're going to be looking for him double team. and he's going to face quarterback one basically every time. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really high on Garrett Wilson. Um, oh yeah, and I saw some of the some of the clips. I think I. I watched, like, the first episode of Hard Knocks, or this one of the first two, and I, he was just making, like, these crazy cuts, and I was like, oh, man. I was, like, just, like, watching his knee. I was like, please be okay. Like, every single time he moves, like, i get, like, terrified. Because he's so fast and so fluid. Like, it's ridiculous. So I think they're going to do, like, a lot of damage. But um, I, don't, he's I great. don't really see he's if they can incorporate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If they can incorporate uh, the tight ends a little bit more this year, I think that would be big. Uh, to kind of take the pressure off the receivers, I would like to see that, and as well as uh, Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's a really long way to say. Uh, this, this could be a B plus for me, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see what happens.
1: All right. Well, with that talk about Garrett Wilson, let's jump into the offense, and I'm going to start off just sort of going over what uh, their tendencies were more last year and how that could change this year. Because last year they had Mike LaFleur. Uh, They had a very solid mix of gap and zone. They had 196 uh, zone runs and 141 gap runs. Uh, And they had a lot higher yards per carry running left than right, which is both inside and outside, which I thought was interesting. Um, So, just a little bit on their run game, just to point out how good Brees Hall is. You know, they had three running backs with 80 plus carries Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Donovan Knight. And Brees, uh, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry, regardless of where you know, where he went this season with, uh, or last season with the other two averaging 3.5 yards per carry. And again, just to, to note the different skill sets in this offense, uh, you know, Carter had, it it was down to 2.2 yards per carry up the middle, but Zonovan Knight had 3.5 yards per carry up the middle, uh, or actually it was 4.4 up the middle. So yeah, it got a lot of different types of backs, backs here. And, Unfortunately, last year they didn't have much of a passing game, so they had to rely on their run game. They're, they were 28th in drive success rate uh, overall in 2022, and their quarterback EPA was extremely low. It, it was so, their um, the, the expected points added for Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco were all in the negatives. Uh, their best quarterback last year statistically was Mike White. And his EPA was resting between uh, Cooper Rushes and Teddy Bridgewater. So that that gives you sort of a uh, a sense of how well this team was performing through the air. Uh, now they ran a lot of empty sets with Michael Floor. It was the league average was 8.2 percent, and they ran it on roughly 14 percent of offensive plays. Again, as, despite having such poor quarterback play, they put it in his hands a lot. It jumped up to 30 percent on third down, which is double league average. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this type of offense that was run, uh, through the air was, uh, it was more of a West coast offense. There was only one receiver, Corey Davis, who had over 13.1 average depth of target, even though Zach Wilson had such a huge arm. And for reference, uh, my commanders, they had four guys with over that. And, uh, they had Taylor Heineke, who can't throw the ball over 30 yards. So it, you know, it, it was uh, they were trying to make things work, and it just just wasn't. So they brought in Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, and I just think uh, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, he's very diverse. He has a West Coast offense as well, but he still takes more shots downfield. He has a lot of outside zone concepts that use the same formation and run and pass plays to switch things up and, and keep the defense on their toes. I think it's going to be a new overall look. But they're not going to change it uh, as much as some people might think. Uh, either way, they're going to put the ball in Roger's hands and let him do what he does best.
0: That's a, that was a great overview, Cam. Um, I, I want to ask another question for you. What are your thoughts on? And I know you, I know you, you've broken down the last two teams with the Chiefs and the Commanders. You've talked about the run scheme, um, whether it be gap or zone. Um, what are your thoughts on the run scheme for the Jets? What do you expect? Do you expect that to change this year, uh, based on what they did last year with Brees Hall coming back, you know, hopefully healthy, and then of course bringing in Dalvin Cook. What are your thoughts on how the uh, how the Jets how the Jets will attack the run game?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know they they brought in Dalvin Cook. Uh, they have Brees Hall. Uh, I I am not hundred percent sure on how Brees Hall's injury is recovering. Uh, I'll let Brian maybe talk about what he's heard, heard about. Through camp here in a minute, but I do think you know that that that's one difference in Lafleur and Hackett's schemes that stands out. It's that Lafleur, he did switch it up a lot from from gap to zone, but he ran a lot more inside. Whereas I think it'll be more outside zone with Nathaniel Hackett, and obviously it's going to be switching it up. uh, But I think both Brees and Cook will do very well in a zone heavy scheme. You know they they both have have the speed, the vision, the athleticism, you know, Brees has a lot more speed than Cook at this point in their career. Anyway, Uh, he, he's so fast. (laughs) He can take, I I think I don't have it in front of me. I think he, he averaged over 10 yards a carry on runs uh, outside of the tight end. So I think it's going to be, be a lot of outside zone and it's going to be very successful this year
2: nice just hey, to touch am. on the injury update there sorry Alex. Um, go ahead i think the last that i've heard from Brees hall um obviously he did not play in the preseason at all so we didn't see him we also right. did not see dalvin cook um but he's off of the uh the pup list so physically unable to perform um according to Brees hall he says that he's ready to go he's been clear by the doctors that he's uh, ready for week one uh, so i don't know they're probably going to ease him in and i think that was part of the reason obviously for signing dalvin cook um i would imagine I would imagine Brees Hall probably gets the first snap week one only because Cook hasn't played with anybody. Um, he's not familiar like with the offense quite yet. I would imagine, but that's just a total shot in the dark. Uh, I think that they'll be very light on his load. But as far as I know, he he at least says that he's been fully recovered. But you know we haven't seen him yet, and I really I really hope that he regains that speed that you talked about. Like uh, there was a couple of runs last year, there was one against the Broncos where he just blew past everybody. It was like I think that was the same game that he tore his uh, ACL, unfortunately, but he was just he was getting in a zone like he was he was killing it. So I'm really excited to see him again. Uh, I know he's a fan favorite and everything, too. So I really like that pickup.
0: Yeah. Another uh, another Iowa State boy. So you also got, you know, now Lazard. you know, I mean, it's like the the Iowa State Jets here, you know, before you know it. Uh, But (laughs) yeah. Yeah, thanks, Brian, for that that insight. That's really helpful. Um, so I guess as we start, as we uh, you know, Cam, you know, thank you for the the tendencies and the overview there. So now we can kind of talk about our overall ratings of what we think about the Jets' offense. So um, I guess I'll go first. I, I think that for me, um, you know, I, I I already talked about how I gave a great off season grade, and I did, but I I don't, and I think it does it does improve the offense uh, quite a bit but I also think the offense was so abysmal last year that even going from, you know, even a large increase still ends them, you know, somewhere above a little bit above average. I'm going to give them a C plus to start the year. Um, I Ooh. think that, I think that could go up and I know that might seem low, but my thought process there is that, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I think they have such a tough stretch right out of the gate. Um, that, And I think it will take a little bit of time. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has, has, been in New York and certainly I I think done a much better job of trying to connect with his teammates, especially his younger teammates, um, as opposed to what we saw in Green Bay. But it's going to take a little bit of time, even though he's familiar with Hackett, you know, some of the other guys in the team aren't and it'll just it it could take some time and some tough competition to get going. I think they certainly have the, the potential and the top end talent to be a much better offense. Uh, but I'm going to start them in the year with a C plus, And that's because I think they're better than average um, and quite improved from last year, but I still need, I'm going to need to see it a little bit more uh, before I give them a higher ranking. Um, what about you, Brian? What do you think, what do you, what ranking do you have overall for the Jets offense?
2: Ah, uh, so we finally get to flip the script here and I get to give a more positive rating for my team than you just did. So thank you for, again, for the great setup. Um, that was that was a little harsh actually, Alex. The C plus. Wow. That's uh there's a little bit on the low end there. I saw Cam's facial expressions there. I don't think he do agrees <laughs> either. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a solid B. Um, I don't think it's a B plus, I don't think it's an A by any means. I think, like you said, there's a really tough stretch. We need to see um, what this offense does, and we need to see how Aaron Rodgers is, honestly. I mean, you know, last year he did not play um, the Aaron Rodgers of old. Uh, you know, I know he was hurt. Uh, but like I said, he's got that magic 40 number attached to his name now. So uh, I think we need to see, make sure that he can gel with everybody in the new system. Um, obviously having uh, Nathaniel Hackett there is going to be huge uh, for his comfort level and transitioning there. Um, but I- I'm, I'm a little worried about that offensive line. Uh, all I've heard about in uh, camp and uh, the preseason, is just, you know, there's a weak link on the Jets offense and it's the offensive line. Um which is weird only because you see the guys on the line and I think whether they're, they're going to start. Well, you start with Dwayne Brown, left tackle. I mean, he's 38 years old. You know, he's, yeah. he's dealing with a shoulder issue. I believe he's been off and on on the injured list. Um, but they don't really have a better option. Mikay Beckton um, was a giant question mark going into this year. And I think that he's going to swing to right tackle. I think Salah had uh, mentioned that he was starting uh, right tackle now. Um, so they have some good death pieces like Billy Turner they picked up, who I actually thought was going to start, but apparently he um, has not looked that good. So he's just going to be a backup at this point. Uh, you bring back Connor McGovern. You've got Lincoln Tomlinson left guard, and he was a, a major disappointment last year. I mean, we signed him to a pretty big contract. He was one of the best guards in the league two years ago, and we expected you know, to him to replicate that success, and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. Um, so I'd really like to see a rebound year from him. And then you know you've got vera tucker at, at right guard who uh, also coming off a pretty major injury uh, but he he was killing it too along with brees hall um he's he's one of the best young guards in the league right now as long as he can stay healthy and regain his form but uh, they, have, they haven't played together a really a lot at all um even in preseason i think they were just mixing and matching so i'll be interested to see what that line does um and that could directly affect the running game as well and i really think that that running game is going to be really important um, to keep in Rogers, um, you know, active and and off of the ground. And uh, he does this little you know, like play action thing, you know, like that's not going to be effective if uh, you can't keep the defenders, you know, away. So uh, I'm I'm going to give them a solid B, um, and we'll we'll see how that goes. And like I mentioned before, just briefly, um, the receiver depth also concerns me a little bit. So maybe they pick somebody up and we can shore that up. Um, But I think, you know, like you, like you mentioned Alex, I mean, like it's not, they were, they haven't been good on offense for a very, very long time. Um, So really anything at this point is an improvement. I mean, they won seven games last year and had like the top top five defenses in the league. So I mean, anything that that they got before is better, so.
1: All right, well, I'm going to bring some real optimism here, I guess, because I thought I was going through these rankings. I'm like, am I crazy for only having them with a B plus? So I wrote B plus with A plus upside because oh. Aaron Rodgers has done so much with with worse, right? I mean, obviously he's had Devontae Adams most of his are the, in the recent years. But, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson is, is significantly better than Alan Lazard, who is on the team, who was debatably his number one receiver uh previously so i think he has a good receiving core i know brian you mentioned you want the tight ends to get more involved it's funny because tyler conklin last year had the second most targets of anyone on the on the team and i actually think they're gonna sort of shy away from from that more this year have a little some more 11 personnel with uh wilson and Laguzard on the outside with michael hardman uh with a, a bigger role in the slot that's just not nothing I've heard, just what I, I think based on the roster construction. So I think it's going to be, you know, they they have debatably, you know, one of the best uh, running back rooms in the league. And I think there is reason for optimism around their offensive line. Obviously, it's fragile, uh, to put it nicely. Uh, you know, Mackay backed in Dwayne Brown, for instance. Uh, they, you know, they can't be expected to hold through a whole season. But they have a great interior, uh, great interior starters overall, right? You mentioned Elijah Barrett Tucker, and I think their depth at the interior has gotten a lot better this off season. They brought in Wes Schweitzer, who I really wanted to stay in Washington because he is a when he fills in at center and at guard, he he can play very well. And Joe Tittman, I think, will fill in well if needed. And Elijah Barrett Tucker, he played left tackle and right tackle just last season at a pretty decent level for such a young player. So I think if, if you know, worst case scenario, he moves out to tackle and he can be serviceable, I think that Aaron Rodgers can still make this offense work. So I'm giving them I'm giving them a B plus. I think it could really surprise people uh with how, you know, just people remembering how good Aaron Rodgers actually is. And if Aaron Rodgers takes a step back this year, well, it happens to everyone at some point. But I don't think that's this year. <laughs>
0: Well, there we have it. So, that's over all of our overviews for the offense. So, um yeah, we we I think we're pretty balanced there. And and of course, I think we all agree that, you know, um it, it, a lot of it certainly hinges on what version of Aaron Rodgers we get, right? 100%. Um or I guess what the Jets get. So, all right, awesome. So, let's go ahead and transition then to the defense. Uh, you know, so so Cam, you want to kick us off by talking about uh the tendencies and any potential changes from last year?
1: Yeah, this, this will be a bit uh, pretty quick. You know, they had a a very low cover two rate. But aside from that, they had a, the highest cover four rate in the league. Uh, and they did cover three and cover one a decent amount. You have to have to play some press when you have Sauce Gardner on the team. Uh, they technically have a base four three defense. They always seem to have those four uh, defensive linemen up there, but they play more nickel than any anything else. They very often only have two linebackers on the field, sometimes even fewer than that. Uh, but they have a great cornerback um, great trio in uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, Jay Reed, and um, Michael Carter. So I think those three will stay on the field most of the time. You know, A lot of teams opt to have a bigger nickel who can help and run defense, like the 49ers I know have use a big nickel, right? You put a safety in there, 210 plus pounds uh, over 70% of the time. The Jets only use a big nickel on 6.6% of five defensive back plays, so they they like having that that zone coverage. Um, they they do play a lot of zone. It looks a little boring at times if you're watching it because they don't change the looks up too much. They they rarely blitz. Uh, CJ Mosley was the only non defensive lineman with over 30 pass rush snaps, and he only had 37. And you know we we went over the Chiefs last week. There were. Many, many players, cornerbacks, safeties with, with higher pass rush uh, count, snap counts than that. So they, they, they sit back, they play zone, they have very solid players across the board, which we'll talk about shortly. And I, I think uh, overall, I you know, I have them, this as my fifth rated defense in the league before a pretty significant teardrop. I only have have uh, Dallas, Philly, the 49ers, and the Commanders ahead of them currently. So... You know, I like their offense, but I think their defense is even better. Hmm.
0: That's there you go. And 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 I will give them a higher rating as well, because I know people are probably like, well, why did you say they're going to give the win the division? And then you gave the offense a poor rating. Well, or, well, maybe not poor. I said they are above average. I just didn't. And I have, I wasn't quite as optimistic as, as you guys, but I, I am optimistic on the defense. I don't know how you can't be. I mean, pending injury. I think this is an elite defense, Um, so I'd give them an A to A plus. Um, I don't. I don't really see. I. I it's, it's hard to see holes. Uh, you know, holes in this defense. I mean, um, yeah. And, and I have another hot take. I always have hot takes every episode, and this one is uh, Quinn and Williams is good. Nice. There you go. There's I my. You're going to go there. with sauce. Oh, uh, there. That could be it too. Sauce is good. You know. Nice. Uh, so fun, I mean, just good. the 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 young athleticism on this defense is impressive. I mean, they are going to fly around uh they are going to as you mentioned cam i mean they're gonna they're gonna mix it up a little bit plays different types of zone and man uh but i think they are going to be getting after it on the defensive line um and i'm excited i mean i think this is going to be a really really good defense so i I got him as an a a with a plus upside for me uh not a whole lot else to say i think on my end what about you brian are you optimistic on the uh defense as well
2: I mean, like you said, I mean, there's really no reason not to be. I mean, you know, so innocent until proven guilty, right? So um, coming off of a huge year last year and basically carrying the team. I mean, the defense kept the Jets in all of these games. In fact, won a couple for them while Zach Wilson was trying to even just throw the games away. Um, so, but, I mean, they have an elite, elite front, really, too. Um, Quinn and Williams, is, I'm so happy that they were able to lock him up. I think that he has untapped potential even that he could be even better. Um, I think he's just finally started to get into the groove there um and then my um I got a watch really this year is uh Jermaine Johnson Cam who you talked about briefly oh, earlier yeah. uh the first round pick from last year um he didn't play very much I think he only played in like 37 percent of stats or something like that um you, you're, you're the stat man that's I guess, uh but it's very close to 30 35 37 percent. Um, but I think that uh, he is – he's a really good player. I really like that pick. Um, again, another guy with real untapped potential. Uh, and he can make a difference all over the, the defensive line there. And completely forgotten about at the line is Carl Lawson, who they signed two years ago. Um, you know, and he, you know, seems to you know not be maybe the player that he quite once was with Cincinnati, um, maybe even on the stat sheet. But he can still – provide pressure. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, makes the impact that doesn't always show up on a stat sheet. Um and then you go back to, you know, the linebacker group and you've got, uh, you know, CJ Mosley there. Um I've I've always loved him. I I was actually surprised that he even decided to sign with us uh, a few years ago. Um I don't know why he did because, you know, we were a terrible team and we somehow uh stole him away. But uh, he is—he's really good. He's kind of the captain of that defense there, and, and it kind of goes as he goes as well. Um, and then, you know, I love me some Sauce Gardner. He's—he's he's probably my number one guy on defense. I just love his swag. I just love the way that he plays. He reminds me a lot of a young Darrelle Revis, uh, who I also love. So, but yeah, they've—they've they've got a really good talent all over the field. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give him—I'm gonna give him an A with A plus upside, same as you, Alex. I, I don't see any immediate holes um, and even if there was a, a weak link which might potentially be the linebackers cam like you like you mentioned the the scheme that they run they don't really run a lot of linebackers it's two maybe three sometimes but they, they just you know they like to load the box but not really blitz they they, they do all sorts of weird stuff but I, it works out i mean it, when you've got corners as good as as we have i mean it really frees up the defense to to focus on other areas and not have to worry about dropping the cover so much
1: yeah. Yeah. And you nailed it with Jermaine Johnson. He, he had 309 snaps on the season, which is, you know, roughly that just under 30%, 25 ish. So, like uh, this. yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, he is, he's going into his second year and he's a very good run defender and an excellent edge setter, but he's not that twitchy. Uh, the thing is he, he, he has good technique overall, right? He has a, a pretty diverse pass rush arsenal that at his disposal and he has crazy bend, so he, he can still make the pass rush work. But you know, he was in for more run defense snaps last year than he was passing downs. And I, I think it'll continue to be that way moving forward. You know, they, they're bigger, uh, ends in, in Lawson and John Franklin Myers. You know, he's he's almost 290 pounds, mm. but he, he still lines out, out, lines up outside the tackle almost every snap. And uh, they with their a draft pick of Will McDonald in the first round, they finally have like a true speed rusher. That's probably why why they got him because you don't want the tackles to get used to these, these big burly guys coming in you, at you the same way on every snap. So I think it's it's going to be an improved defensive line because, you know, John Franklin Myers last year was very good. Uh, Carl Lawson's more of a pass rusher and Jermaine Johnson's more of an edge, more of a run defender. Um, they They complement each other pretty well. And then Will McDonald coming in, now, I'm not going to give this an A, you know, say it has A-plus upside. It, it it probably does. But uh, I I have them with an A-minus, and that's because uh, two reasons. One, the linebacking core. You know, they, they only had three linebackers with over 500 snaps last year. Quan Alexander had 559, and he he's off the team. So that leaves CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams, uh, who are set to start this year. Jamie and Sherwood is set to be their you know, third linebacker, but they're all small guys, you know, two twenties, two thirties, and they don't really have stack and shed run defenders. And an issue with that, uh, you know, up the middle, if if they can't stop the run, I'm a little worried about how the defensive line's going to stop the run, uh, in the interior. You know, they have and Williams, obviously, and he was, he's a fine run defender. He's mostly a, I mean, he, he can do it all. He's amazing. But aside from him, it's Al Woods, Solomon Thomas, Quinn Jefferson, I think Al Woods is the only guy over 300 pounds of that group. Um, and he's a decent run block, uh, run defender, but he, he's not that 330 pound guy. who's just going to sit there and two gap for you um, as, as well as some of the other guys in the league. So it, you know, I know all the defensive tackles were on the board still in the draft when they took Will McDonald, a lot of people wanted them to, to fill that, that supposed hole. They, they didn't and that's fine. Uh, but that That's the only reason I don't have them with a higher grade because I'm a little worried about their interior run defense. Hmm. Besides that, cornerbacks are amazing. Uh, safeties are good. Defensive line is great. It's going to be a great defense regardless.
0: Hmm. Nice, nice. I agree. I agree. All right, so let's transition into the part of the show where we get to talk about breakout candidates. So this can be offense or defense. It's just somebody that you think is going to go from you know, maybe uh, maybe either a lesser known player that's going to make a big impact on the team or maybe even someone that's going to have a career year. So um, I guess, uh, Brian, you want to kick us off? Who are you, you going to be watching this year as a potential breakout candidate?
2: Um, I kind of already touched on him. Um, so my pick this year is going to be uh, Jermaine Johnson for sure. Um, Johnson, okay. I think that he has a lot of people around him um, to make him better. I think he's really going to hopefully stand out this year. And Mackay Becton's also like my comeback player of the year as far <laughs> as the Jets go. I think uh, no, not for the league, no. But I, I, I have really liked what I've seen from him. So I, he's also one to keep an eye on. It. I, I really hope that he can uh, stay healthy because he's got a lot of talent, and he's he, he seems a lot like uh, a lot leaner this year than he did before, which is which is really promising. So
1: I was going to say, didn't Becton lose a lot of weight recently? Do you do you know how much he weight did? He has? I think he
2: was almost pushing. I don't off the top of my head. They were, you know, sometimes the sources, when a guy hasn't played in a while, the sources Twitter is like a, like a really bad picture of a side profile while you're bending over, you know, it's just like, Oh, the guy it must be 400 pounds. Cause he's like, holding an ice cream. Cone. Uh, I, I know that he did, you know, put on some weight, but he worked really hard. I uh, got, got lean again. I don't know what his current weight is, but visually he looks a lot leaner and stronger.
1: Okay. All right. I, I like that pick. That would have been my pick for defense. Um, but I'm just going to touch on Max Mitchell real quick there. He is currently their backup right tackle. He played a decent amount last year and I, I brought him up in my players to watch uh, for our earlier podcast episode. When, when going through the the divisions one by one, I think he's going to end up getting playing time again this year because we talked about how overall, again, fragile their, their offensive tackles are. I think, you know, he was, he has great technique he he was amazing in college against granted lesser competition but i think if he gets a start and has put on a little bit of weight since college so he can anchor better and help protect on that bull rogers from that bull rush i think he's going to end up having a surprisingly good season but I, i guess best case scenario he doesn't see the field much but if he does i think he'll be pretty good what about you alex anyone to watch
0: Yes, I think for me, we've talked about him, I I think, quite a bit. But I'm going to I don't know if this counts or not, but I'll pick Brees Hall uh, because, I mean, he was he was breaking out last year before he got hurt. uh, And so I want to see if he can pick back up again and, you know, have a full breakout season where he continues to, you know, to run with that level of efficiency and domination. uh, I think that you talked about earlier, Cam, and be able to, to stay healthy the whole year. Uh, another guy that I watched back at Iowa State you know fast can break tackles and certainly can be uh can can be a dynamic player for the right you know in the right situation so uh he would be the guy I'll be watching and hope that he is fully healthy and is able to uh to, to break out all right uh so now as we Start to wrap up our show. We're going to talk about a, a game or set of games that we look forward to the most uh, for the upcoming Jets schedule. Um, and so, actually, let's go ahead and uh, Brian, why don't you kick us off? What are you? What what game or games are you really looking forward to this season for the Jets and why?
2: Um, I've got two. Um, one is very obviously going to be the uh, the Kansas City and uh, Jets game that we've got on uh, I think it's Sunday night. Um, very early on, I think week four, four mm-hmm. or five. Uh, I think that's going to be a really big test. Um, I think that the other games before that is week four, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. you, you got the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, the Chiefs. So the Chiefs stand out to me on the list. The Bills are also a good team, but the Chiefs are, you know, you know, upper echelon, you know, top of the AFC. Uh, and then they turn around and then they have to go. Luckily, actually, Kansas City games at home, but then they have to go to. Denver, and then they come back home and play Philadelphia. And that's my second pick. Um, so you got the Chiefs and the Eagles, you know, the, the two reigning conference champions almost back-to-back. Um, that's that's kind of intimidating. Um, two really, really tough, good teams. Luckily, somehow, they're both which should help a little bit. But I'm really interested in seeing those two games. Um, and then kind of like a afterthought to those two, they play the Dolphins um, twice, uh, pretty close together, towards the end of the season, which I think is kind of uh, interesting. Um, there's going to be a lot of playoff ramifications for those games. I think the second Dolphin uh, game is right before we play your beloved uh, Commanders there, Cam. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that one, that second game, it's on Sunday, December 17th. That's going to be a big game as well. Uh, but my. I'm more concerned about the, not concerned, but I'm interested in the Kansas city and Philadelphia games.
1: Yeah. I, I think those are all good. You know, I'm looking forward to the dolphins games because I have them picked to win the division. So it'll be cool to see, see who actually takes it. It's going to end up being the bills after all this, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am looking forward. Mostly I, I have to say week one, because you know, we'll find out in the first Monday night game of the year, if, the Jets are legit. If they can, if they can take that W from the bills, then there's a lot of optimism going forward. And honestly, if they lose, it's not that big of a deal because uh, in terms of optimism for among fans, because the bills are a darn good team. Uh, but then week two, they play the Cowboys and that's the game I'm mostly looking forward to because I love rooting against the Cowboys and that's it. So <laughs> Don't yeah, uh, it's going to be a great, great early start to the season if they can come away with some some victories in those early games are set they're sitting pretty
0: mm-hmm. nice those are great picks you know when i look at the jets jet schedule i know we talked a lot about the difficulties early on you know i i think and and i know it's always a little hard to project exactly you know how each team is going to be i mean there's certainly going to be some teams that'll be better and, and worse and and there always is uh but it, but on paper it looks like the, i i actually like the ease i think uh potentially of the of the last portion of the jet schedule so that they do have the bills and the dolphins back to back which i know you guys touched on those are in weeks 11 and 12 but then starting in week 13 it goes falcons texans road game against dolphins at home against the commanders and then they end on the road against the browns and on the road against the patriots I I like that stretch for the Jets. I I really think that there's a chance to win a lot of games in there. So of that stretch, though, I think the most difficult game would probably be that Miami game on the road. So that's a game. And I know, Brian, you already touched on that. That's a game that I'm really curious to see, because I I agree. I think if they can if they can beat the uh, beat the Falcons, Texans, Commanders, Browns, Patriots, which those are all, you know, I think winnable games that Miami dolphins game is going to stand out, uh, as really one that I think they're also going to need to win in their fight for the division. So I do have them picked as a division winner. And I think down the stretch, they're going to have to have it. I think they're going to have to have that week 15 against the dolphins on the road. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be fun too. Cause you know, Aaron Rodgers likes to usually go off in warm weather games. So, you know, maybe (laughs) it'll be nice down there in Miami that time of year. Um, so yeah, so with that, uh, those were our picks. That was our, our overview of the jets. Uh, so let's just kind of do some, uh, some wrap, some wrap up, uh, kind of closing thoughts here. So I guess the question for you, Brian, is what are you going to do if, if the Jets win the Super Bowl? um, and then close us out with any other thoughts you have or want to share with everybody about the Jets this upcoming season?
2: Oh boy. I, I honestly, I've here. thought about that. Yeah. I thought about, you know, what, I, what, I, what would I really do if the Jets actually won the Super Bowl? So, you know, I got a shout out my dad. Um, you know, he's the entire reason I'm a Jets fan. So thank you so much for my lifetime of suffering. And I always, <laughs> you know, make the comment that the last time the Jets even made the Super Bowl, he was like eight, I think eight or nine. Jeez. So very long, it was a super long time ago. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Um, and then of course, you know, semi recently in the last, okay, well, it's not recently now I'm old. So I just, you know, told them myself, I guess, but, um, when we had Mark Sanchez's rookie year in uh, 2009, 2010. Uh, AFC championship game both years. Uh like right there, you know, like you could have sniffed it, but it didn't happen. So even just to make the Super Bowl would be awesome. Um I think that's a very, very lofty expectation. But to answer the question, uh first of all, I probably might have to change my pants. I might poop myself. And then I would have to get <laughs> oh, I would after it was all said and done the next day and it was actually real, then I might have to get a tattoo of the Jets somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. It would be insane. It would be it would be awesome.
0: Um, nice, nice, nice. Uh, well, that well, they'll, now we know. So if the Jets are in the Super Bowl, we're going to text you and make sure you have your depends on so you're ready to roll just <laughs> in case. Uh, as our, <laughs> that will definitely need to happen. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So, Cam, what are your thoughts? You got any closing thoughts on just overall the Jets season or players or anything that we didn't have a chance to dive into?
1: No, I, I think we we about hit it. It's going to be a good offense. It's going to be a great defense, and I think it's going to be a pretty – Pretty great season. They're just unfortunately in a, a hard division, so they have the, their work cut cut out for them. But you know, they might just pull it off this year with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you guys covered it well. Um. You know. I, I. I mean. Really well. I think we we got a good chance to talk about both sides of the ball. Um. And what we think of the upcoming season, and had a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, and for those of you out there, you know, uh, that are listening, make sure, you know, if you want to come on here, uh, if you want to come after Brian and talk about your team and, and uh, maybe even tell Cam and I why we're wrong um you know we're happy to have you on the show so you know go ahead and dm us or 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 text us or whatever you want to do so we can get you on the show um we do have some other deep dives coming up uh, we also have a few other variety we're going to start adding in some different types of shows as well um so i know that that we sometimes i know cam we only you know we only scratch that itch just a little bit for uh for draft for for some of your uh your takes on on both draft drafting as well as um you know a lot of the kind of gambling insights as well uh so we haven't had a chance to work a lot of that stuff in in real really deep yet and so you know, be on the lookout for some other types of shows that we have coming down the pipe especially as we roll into the season because we're getting yes. very close now uh so yeah so no other no other uh, insights for me but uh, cam what should we remind people to do if they're enjoying the show <laughs> good
1: segue alex if you enjoyed today's episode guys please remember to like and smash that subscribe button. It really does help us out. Uh, This is our third deep dive and the first time we have brought a fan onto this F6 podcast, looking to do it more, even as the season goes on. We'd love to have you on. Uh, We're not just going to be talking about about the games that are ongoing, although we will be definitely talking some lifetime football throughout the season, which we're looking forward to. So join us next week for another episode of who knows what at this point. It's going to be exciting, whatever it is. And thanks for watching this again. Have a wonderful day, guys. Peace.
0: Thanks, everybody.